0: This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse
1: community. Tom and Warren on Joy. The latest edition, the December edition of uh, Star Observer is out. Matt Wade, editor, has joined us in the studio to tell us all about it. Good morning, Matt. Hey, how's it going? We're Excellent. Welcome. So this is for
0: Christmas. We're going to be putting stuff and that in someone's stocking. For well, actually, Christmas. that's a great idea. I mean, these are free. You don't,
2: have to, you don't even have to reach deep into your pockets with some church coins. Like, you can just literally <laughs> put this. That's a per- that's a
1: perfect idea.
0: Yeah, shove it in someone's stocking and yeah. they'll,
1: be, they'll be filled up until January. <laughs> yeah. and I mean, something that makes me really angry, and a lot of people angry, obviously, yeah. is the religious freedom. Yeah. You talk about that in these December. It's actually,
2: said, yeah, it's our, it's our cover story this month. I think because it's, it's an interesting kind of parallel because one year ago, I mean, we were just kind of celebrating marriage equality passing um, in terms of legislation. Um, and now the real main thing that we're really fighting for is... Uh, against discrimination in like faith-based schools against teachers and staff and this has been quite a long process like obviously the leaked recommendations from Philip Brodick's uh, Religious Freedom Review mm. came out I
0: think May? What well, was months ago exactly May Ooh. of this year and they kept it hidden it? for yeah. months Why, still is hidden the reason they're thinking about it could be bad it actually might have turned around to bit of on the butt, they've realised they actually had a lot more laws or, or things than they really should have. Right. So okay. I think this is what could be hidden. There could be a secret bit about it. And so
2: now the the Parliament's essentially kind of fighting with each other about what's the best kind of bill to put forward to help protect LGBTI students and staff. Some go further than others, like no offence yes. Coalition, but it's mm. not really that great there, the bill that they introduced. Um, but unfortunately Scott Morrison's original commitment was to kind of get something done by the end of this year and now it's looking like we're going to have to wait until 2019. He promised that
0: at the Wentworth by-election it <laughs> yeah. would be done by the end of yeah. the year then he deliberately walked out of parliament on the final night so the vote couldn't be there would be no vote
2: i wish i could say i was surprised but yeah so i'm sorry with with for the cover story we thought it might be nice to kind of speak with a couple of people in our community who are actually helping to fight against this kind of oh, discrimination great. so there are a couple of people from equal voices and i also got to chat to actually a principal from a faith based school who was basically saying you know it's crap you know what's happening at the moment because i don't know if you guys recall but there was a letter that was signed by like 30 something heads of of Anglican schools, mm. and they were saying they wanted the right to discriminate. Yeah. Um, so the principal that I spoke with was just saying like, "This is crap. Like at my school, this it just it shouldn't make a difference what your gender identity is, what your sexuality is. Like kids are just there to learn; they're not there to you know." It's-
0: we send them there for an education. Exactly, we don't send there them there for moral guidance mm-hmm. and the, get that and, at home. And
1: teachers and principals and you know schools in general are are there to uh, protect mm. kids when they're vulnerable and to make them feel okay and wanted and loved and that there's nothing wrong with them. They're entrusted as adults and kids look to them as adult fi- figures yep. and how dare these people turn around and say to our community, to the kids of our community, that there's something wrong with you, we don't want you here. And it's to, to shame, me that's yeah. just criminal and, and, mm-hmm. and this has to stop and, and these political parties have got to stop playing football with it and it should just be done. And that's why it's, really it's just like
2: one year later it seems like we're still going around in circles. I know it's a different issue but it's the same thing. It's where politicians are just dragging their feet and it's back exactly. and forth and nothing's actually happening. And so. if, they,
1: if, they, if they're not there, you know, they're custodians of, of, of our kids, if they're not doing the jobs then they shouldn't be a school they shouldn't be teaching or they shouldn't be a principal, whatever they are. They can have their religion, that's okay, but don't teach the kids. You're not doing your job properly. Well a friend
2: of mine, sorry, a friend of mine works at a faith-based school um, and he's a gay person um, and he has deliberately not disclosed his sexuality or his private life in terms of his partner or anything like that with anyone at the school for fear of consequences like this so it's just a real shame like there should no there should be no legal loopholes or freedom Nothing. to that no not at all yeah and so. that poor
1: kid will grow up thinking oh, i've got to hide myself which is what we all did so exactly yeah that has to stop anyway moving on <laughs> <laughs> um double life What's oh yeah okay so we've written
2: previously um in the star observer about uh, i guess people who come out quite later in life so in their 50s 60s 70s um but one thing we haven't really covered before which i thought we should in this one was i guess uh people who are very much aware that they're gay so they know that they're gay they're exclusively attracted to men but are in heterosexual relationships um because they're i guess ashamed or they want to
0: hide their sexuality well sometimes if you've been married for 12, 14 15 years you've already got children mm-hmm. you're
1: financially caught you your parents are exactly. still alive
0: but people are trapped
1: into situations that they feel they can't get out of or you grew up in the school that said you had to hide yourself oh, great That's point before you get yeah. married to hide yourself
2: Exactly, and so with this one, I mean, I, I managed. To, I spoke to uh, someone who is currently married and with children as well. Who was basically saying, about a year ago, he actually met someone who he fell in love with, a same-sex person. Um, but unfortunately, in his mind, and it was actually really heartbreaking. But he was just saying he doesn't ever, even though this is someone that he's never felt this way about before, like because he actually is able to be gay. Like he get you know, with this person, Ooh. he just thinks it's impossible that he'll ever be able to actually be in a relationship or do anything with that person because, yeah, he's married, he has kids, and
0: no one in his life knows that he's gay. So oh, that's Look, I see here they're going to talk about orphans Christmas.
2: Yeah, so I don't know if listeners are familiar with this concept, and it's not exclusive to the LGBTI community, but the idea is obviously that some people don't necessarily have family to spend Christmas with, mm. um, and I think for LGBT or queer people in particular, um, often who maybe face family rejection or... Or just don't even live with their families, or whatever. Maybe they just don't feel comfortable going to the, going, spending time with their family over the holidays. Um, some people uh, organize these orphan Christmases, which is basically like you can get together with yeah. friends and kind of have, still have that company, um, even if you're not spending time with family. So
0: I think it would be terrible on Christmas Day to be alone. I, and I think out of all the days in the world, you know, it's when everyone is getting
1: together with your loved ones. It would be mm-hmm. terrible. It would be, or for those who don't celebrate Christmas, it could be frustrating too.
2: Well, that's true. Yeah, well, that's that's exactly right. And so, I think it's really nice that they have something like this, which is kind of, especially for people in our community, who can kind of just get together with like people that actually they can be themselves around. They can be comfortable. They can actually have a nice time over the holidays.
0: Because I do wonder that sometimes. At Christmas, you know the shops are so busy and the lines mm. are so busy. You know, can you walk up and go, look? I, I'm Jewish. I don't. You know, do I get a special line? I shouldn't have to stand in line with all the other Christmas shoppers. I don't believe in Christmas.
1: You should get a special <laughs> line. Oh, that would be should frustrating. You know? <laughs> um, you've also spoken to Austrian superstar, ah, uh, yeah, former Eurovision winner. Can cheat a worse. Yeah. So, are
0: you both? Are you Eurovision fans? I don't know if I've ever. We well, used to be until it was shoved down our throats. Uh. for months and months and months and months <laughs> yeah. and. Months. (laughs) There's some really good stuff from Eurovision, but Mm. I tell you what, 99% is. Look, I got but that's also the year.
1: fun of it as well. Sorry. I got into it this year. I thought mm-hmm. it was quite good.
0: It's fun to watch yeah. <laughs> on TV. It's not fun to hear it every day on the radio. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Well, I
2: actually used to live with somebody who was like Melbourne's resident Eurovision expert. So uh, on a near daily basis, he would be giving me these fun facts about Eurovision. So I kind of I got my whole life life's worth of Eurovision knowledge in the space of like a few months. But um, yeah, we spoke to Conchita Wurst, who obviously won maybe, I think it was four years ago. Um, she's released a new album and she's hoping to obviously tour Australia. But it was just really nice um, chatting with her. Because uh, you know she's been such an advocate. I mean, I think a lot of the times when people become famous or are celebrities, whether they're musicians or actors or whatever, they don't necessarily use that platform. Not that they have to, but they use that platform to you know advocate for their community. And so it's really nice that she has been doing that. Does she still have the beard? Uh yes.
0: At the moment, she does. Yeah, um, I guess that's like a signature kind of st- uh, style, but it makes her it quite attractive. I think. Oh, it's beautiful! I remember the first time seeing her sing at Eurovision and coming. Mm. Yeah, And that lights came up and went. Oh, look at that! Yeah. Well, she's had a pretty rough year because I don't know if you recall, but
2: earlier in the year, um, she was forced to disclose that she was HIV positive yeah. because an ex—I think it was an ex-boyfriend—was threatening to out her if she didn't, I don't do something. So um, that was obviously like, there wasn't a, hasn't been an amazing year for her, but I guess she's got new music out and she's hoping to Good. tour and
1: all that. stuff So, yeah, it was really nice to chat with her. Um, And you've spoken to drag queens as well about some problems.
2: Yeah, so um, as any fan of RuPaul's Drag Race would know, you know, drag has changed so much over the past (laughs) few decades. Um, But in saying that, uh, we spoke to some drag queens specifically about, like, misogyny and sexism because I think as much as there's kind of this proliferation of drag and this diversity within the art form, um, there are some drag queens who feel that, Certain ways of expressing womanhood or femininity can can be misogynistic. So it's an interesting take. Um, I guess what they're saying is, if you're going to be emulating a woman, I guess if it's a you're for example you're a, a male dressing up as a woman, if you're kind of emulating them in kind of a way that disempowers or makes fun of women, um, it could be taken as misogynistic. Am I am I articulating that right? I,
0: yep. I can understand exactly what you're <laughs> mm. going. But sometimes it's what we're going back before we become so PC. It is an art form up there. We know we're not looking at. At a female. We're not there to make political judgments. We go to a club to watch a drag performance, take the piss out of everyone in the audience <laughs> so we can laugh and go home and say, have a go, no, wait, yeah. Okay. No, no, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, um, so we, well, we
2: spoke to a few drag queens. One of them in particular, um, they, they kind of likened it to it. it. was an interesting take. I hadn't necessarily considered it before, but she was saying how, you know, like it's when we're, when gay people are in high school and they see straight guys kind of mocking gay people and doing like the flamboyant kind of stuff, she was saying that's what it's like sometimes for women experiencing drag. But yeah. uh, and saying that that's that's just a, that's my certain opinion. I'm not, yeah, but yeah, yeah, that was,
1: yeah. Matt, something I hadn't thought of before um, was trans women uh, having difficulty getting bridal gowns.
2: Yeah, I think um, it's interesting because I know we've got marriage equality now and actually yeah. in most states now um, we've scrapped the whole trans-forced divorce thing, which is great. So trans people can also more easily get married to their partner and not have to you know, change their birth certificate yeah. or any of that kind of stuff. Um, but in saying that, weddings, marriage, the whole institution has so historically been heterocentric that um, for women uh, wanting to get married, bridal wear, gowns, all that kind of stuff is very much marketed towards straight for straight web marriages. Um, so there's a fashion student in Melbourne who actually recently designed a, a range of inclusive bridal wear, which is, very, which is actually exclusively targeted at trans women, which I think is just a really nice um, initiative. And interestingly, um, one of the models for that line is um, someone from Joy. So Anastasia Lee, who uh, chats on trans POV, yep. um, she is one of the models for it. So
0: I just... You, you can see why she's... Like gorgeous, you <laughs> yeah, know, like, yeah. you can see why she's out there modelling. Yeah, she's beautiful. Now, it's Matt,
1: nice. we're giving away a double pass to, to see Kylie Minogue. Well, we're hoping to give it away if Tom doesn't steal the double pass. Or <laughs> no, there's it like, like
0: 50 entries now. So This is ridiculous. And we've been
1: asking, what is your most memorable song, your Kylie song, and what you're doing at that part of your life, what does it remind you of? What would yours be?
2: Okay, so the first thing that comes to my mind, I guess, is when I was younger, I used to do singing and dancing lessons, like when I was, like, six. Oh. Um, Oh, oh you
0: were part of the John Paul Young Talent. Yeah, John Young Talent School. That's a
2: show. Yeah, we went to that. Um, me and my sister. Oh,
0: you really did. Okay, oh, sorry. And <laughs> no, I legitimately did. Like
2: that was. Yeah, I was there for like five years. But my first year, the first big performance that we did, like the first time I was on a stage. Dancing, whatever, singing—it was locomotion from Kylie Minogue. So, do you still remember the the? Because we were only six, it was very cheesy. Like it was kind of like literally like train movements, like that kind of stuff. But it was fun. I I still remember it really distinctly. So yeah,
1: thanks, (laughs) thanks, Matt. So the latest edition of Star Observer is out now. Thank you. Yes, get it online. Wake up with Tom and Warren, Thursdays for breakfast on Joy. Tune in to
2: 94.9 in Melbourne, stream live at joy.org.au or download the Joy app, available via podcast at joy.org.au on iTunes or your favourite podcasting platform. Joy Podcasts, where you want them, when you want them.